Welcome to Autism Knows No Borders. Discover what's possible when people impacted by autism inspire change and build community. Together with the Global Autism Project, here's your host, Rachel Harmon. Hello, everyone. Today we're featuring two members of the ASD band, lead singer Rawan Tafaha and drummer Spencer Murray, joined by their manager, Andrew Simon. Comprised of musicians on the autism spectrum, the ASD band was formed by Canadian charity Jake's House to raise awareness and highlight strengths related to autism. If you'd like to learn more about Jake's House, please listen to episode 44 featuring its co-founder, David Badanis. The ASD band has performed with Roger Hodgson of Supertramp, and their covers of Shawn Mendes, Sonny and Cher, and Marvin Gaye are available on streaming platforms. Here's a short sample of the band performing Ain't No Mountain High Enough. You don't have to worry. In today's conversation, we discuss the serendipitous creation of the ASD band, their musical influences, how autism helps their musical abilities, misconceptions about autism, and tips for people on the spectrum who may be interested in joining a band. In this episode, discover what's possible when all notes are heard. For more information about the ASD band, please visit our show notes at autismknowsnoborders.com. We appreciate your time. If you enjoy this podcast and you'd like to support our mission, please take just a few seconds to share it with one person who you think will find value in it too. You can also follow us on Instagram at Autism Podcast, join our Facebook group Autism Knows No Borders, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Global Autism Project. And now I present you the ASD Band. Hello, Rowan, Spencer, and Andrew. Welcome to Autism Knows No Borders. Thank you all for being here today. Thank you for having us. Hey, thanks for having us. Let's start with some brief introductions. Rowan, would you like to start? Yeah, I'm Rowan Tafaha, and I'm the lead singer of ASD Band. And I'm 24 years old. I mean, turning 24 uh, this week. That's right. Happy birthday. Yeah, an early one, more like. Oh yeah, happy birthday, yeah. You must be excited for your birthday then. Yeah, I don't know what to expect because my sister and my mom are surprising me with something, but I don't know what it is. Ooh. Ooh, that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I love surprises. All right, Spencer, how about you? Yeah, hi, I'm Spencer Murray. I play drums in the ASD band. I've been drumming for like... Uh, I don't even know, like 18 years, maybe. I don't even remember. It's been a long time, and I'm 30 now. Okay. And Andrew? I'm Andrew Simon. I will not be sharing my age, (laughs) (laughs) but I am the manager of ASD Band and um, helped to come up with the original concept. All right. So, Andrew, actually, yeah, could you 
just go in and start with how the original concept of the band came about? Absolutely. So it all began, as things often do, with a phone call. And it was a phone call from David Bodanis, who is one of the founders of Jake's House, who said, I need to pick your brain. Here's what's happening. We have Roger Hodson coming to town to do a special performance of his song that is very appropriate for a cause. And we need to film it. We need to film the concert. And you know things about filming. So can you help us out? So I said, of course, but, you know, this is such a special opportunity. Let's not just do the ordinary. Let's actually make this a little bit more special. So I promised David I'd get back to him with some thoughts. And then I did later that week. And I said, okay, here's the idea. Give a little bit is going to be more than just a song. We're actually going to have it be a performance with, I've been doing some research. And one of the areas that those on the spectrum have special abilities in is music. And so what if we were to get together a few individuals who are on the spectrum, who are musically inclined to play with Roger and the orchestra, which was a 43-piece orchestra, on stage for that song. So David, after he caught his breath, <laughs> he was like, how are we going to do that? And I said, there's always a way. So we went and we found these individuals, and Spencer and Rowan are two of the talented individuals that we found, and that we came together, and we played on that very special night. And then that was the start of the band, because from there, it was like, wow, what a special experience what do we do next? And I just thought, we have to create our own band. So that's how ASD was born. And I don't think that Spencer and Juan know this, but when we were getting ready to do the Roger Hodson concert, right up until actually the day of, we weren't sure that we could have them perform on stage just because of timing. Because, you know, we have Roger Hodson coming in, playing with a 43-piece orchestra. They have to, during the sound check, just make sure everything's okay. So it wasn't a question of, you know, they didn't think it was a great idea. It was just a question of timing and could we actually pull it off? So it wasn't really until they met Roger and Roger saw them with the instruments and he said, yeah, no, come on, let's do this, that it became a reality. So no matter how much planning sometimes doesn't matter because, you know, that's life. That's like they don't have a lot of time. And he's such a nice man that he encourage that. And then of course it was great. And so then he's like, oh yeah, let's do this. And then I'll come off stage and I'll bring you guys on stage. And, you know, and it was just wonderful from there. So sometimes like that could have gone either way. And I'm really happy that it went our way. Yeah, definitely. It also kind of makes you think as a musician to just be ready. <laughs> Anytime you could just be pulled on stage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And how did you connect with Rowan and Spencer? Well, I actually work with Spencer's sister. So, and I didn't know about Spencer. So, as I was talking about the project, she said, You do know my brother is on the spectrum and you, you know he's a drummer, right? And I knew nothing. And so I was like, Oh my gosh, this is perfect. And then, through as we put feelers out into the community and we, we were looking for people who had connections to people, somebody said, Oh, you have to hear this woman named Rowan, you have to hear her sing. And as soon as I heard Rowan sing, I was like, okay, we have a lead singer. <laughs> because she, she was so amazing and has such a beautiful voice. So we actually just started talking to friends and talking to people who knew people. And then together we formed the band. 
What was that like for you, Spencer and Ruan, when you were contacted? Spencer, let's start with you. Yeah, when they first asked me and told me that I was going to be playing on stage with Roger Hodgson, I thought that was pretty, pretty exciting. I mean, I was pretty nervous the whole time because I didn't even really know the song that well until like the day of, and then someone kind of showed me how to play it more properly. So even when I went on stage, I thought I was going to kind of mess it up, but it turned out pretty good. It was a pretty fun experience. It was really nerve wracking because like it was at the Sony Center and it was it was sold out. So it was insane. Wow. And the uh, Toronto Symphony Orchestra was backing them up too. So like it was pretty nerve wracking. So it was definitely the biggest show I played in my life. How many people do you know? Uh, I don't know how many, like maybe at least a thousand. It was 2000, Spencer. <laughs> wow. <laughs> 2000. Yeah. yeah, so it was pretty crazy. It was fun. And Rowan, what was that experience like for you? To be honest with you, it, it, it was really great. I, I got to perform with the Super Tramp and I think uh, Streetsville High uh, recommended me. I think uh, like one of my old music teacher in, in Streetsville High School did. And then that was how it happened. And I first thought this was the whole, uh, you know, looking for lead singers was an audition at first, but it didn't turn out to be. But I still managed to wow them. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And uh, on the day of, I was really happy because uh, my dream is actually to perform for like millions of people. Very cool. So you're not nervous at all on stage? Yes and no. I mean, sometimes I get really, I get really nervous, you know, upon things, but I still manage to power through them. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. And just to give a little bit more context. Andrew, could you talk about your relationship with Jake's House and how you've been involved with the charity? Absolutely. So it's hard to believe that I've actually been connected to Jake's House for about a decade. So I I first met David and Irene about 10 years ago, and we had talked then about how I can help them to do things that would promote and increase awareness of Jake's House. So over the years, I've helped them off and on. And it wasn't until recently when David called and he said, okay, we have this opportunity that that kind of interest and it increased many fold because as they've evolved as a charity too and brought on a wonderful CEO, Jennifer Joseph and other wonderful people, they've really come into their own and really have some amazing programs in place. And so I'm really here to help in the small ways that I can make those programs that much better and to increase the awareness that much more and to make Jake's House relevant, not only in Canada, but also around the world. Cool. And so the band actually consists of five members, right? That's correct. Okay. So who are the other people that are part of the band? Well, we have Ron, who is on keyboards. We have Jackson, who plays guitar. And we have Robbie, who sings. And I will also point out, I mean, it's amazing to me that even as we discover these individuals, everybody plays something different. Like Spencer was so amazing for agreeing to play guitar, which is not his natural instrument. He's a drummer by trade. So he said, okay, I'll do it. So he played guitar when he should have really been playing drums. Jackson said, okay, I'll play guitar. He also plays some keyboards and he also sings. 
Robbie plays some keyboards. He also plays some guitar. Like it's amazing how the abilities are kind of across the board. And so that's the way we look at the band is kind of like everybody just does their part and whatever is needed. That's what we, we ask everybody to do. Cool. And Rowan and Spencer, has music always been part of your life? Oh, yeah, it has. I've had delayed speech, like, you know, until I was four. But my parents first thought that I was uh, deaf, but I was actually humming My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion. And they were relieved when it wasn't the case. And also, I was told by this... uh, conservatoire like this music group in Dubai they claimed to my parents that they were wasting their time and money because I wouldn't be able to learn any music in any shape or form but we proved them wrong <laughs> nice yeah and Spencer you said you were you've been playing drums since you were 16 right 14 or maybe it was earlier I don't exactly remember it's been a long time let's just say 16 years now but yeah, so my mom, she's a jazz singer, so I always kind of grew up with music and like going to shows with her because she's been playing in bands pretty much my entire life. And then I started playing music and then I just kind of lucked into finding other musicians that are really good and I've made a lot of friends through music. So it's definitely helped me a lot and helped my confidence just playing on stage and yeah, it's helped a lot. And it's also good because I get to like see other parts of the parts of the country and travel that I wouldn't go to otherwise too. Mm-hmm. What are some of your musical influences? For me, listening to Blink-182 was a big influence for me. I really like Travis Parker as a drummer. He's one of my favorite drummers. And Disney. I really love Disney music. Mm-hmm. Tarzan being one of my favorites. I used to we used to go on long drives all the time. I would always have the Tarzan soundtrack playing in the car and we're always just like, all of us in the car are just singing along to it. Wow. I've been also uh, into Disney myself, my social worker. Like she told me to go for music lessons after putting Disney songs into my repertoire, old and new. But it was mainly the old songs, you know, before Frozen, Moana and Tangled and whatever existed. And also, I've been influenced by these singers, uh, Celine Dion, Barbara Streisand, and Kelly Clarkson. Like, I really love uh, their works, uh, and it's been an inspiration to me, like, since the beginning. Mm-hmm. And we play piano too, right, Rowan? Yeah, uh, but I can only play by ear, not by note. Playing by ear is impressive. Not a lot of people can do that. Yeah, I wouldn't say only play by ear because <laughs> that's a skill in and of itself. <laughs> I feel like there are two different kinds of brains when it comes to music, right? Like there are the ones who can play by ear and the ones who read notes. I'm more of the read notes one and my husband is the play by ear. And I I really envy the ability to improvise and be more creative and just kind of jump in to any situation. I need to have the notes in front of me and kind of be told what to play, express myself that way. I guess it's just different. I see. Yeah, I almost wish I knew how to read music, but I don't think I'd ever be able to learn. I mean, it just takes a lot of effort and commitment that I just don't think I'd be able to put into it. 
Reading music for drums is pretty complicated, isn't it? For drums, it's more you're just reading the rhythm, but like each line on the scale is a different drum. So it tells you which drum to hit. and it Like I know a little bit of that because in high school, I did drums. Like I took music class in high school and they taught us a little bit of how to read drum music. That was kind of interesting because I, before that, I had never actually seen drum music. Mm-hmm. And Andrew, what about you? What's your musical background? It's a very sad background. It's a very sh- short and sad background. No, I mean, I, I took, I dabbled with uh, the trumpet, with guitar. I actually played piano. I lo- always loved the piano. And I took it up about 10 years ago which was kind of challenging given my full-time job and things like that. And I do have a piano in my house now. So I am more of an appreciator of other people's music than certainly my own. And um, it's funny because even through this project, I've learned a lot just in terms of music, licensing music, interpreting music, creating charts for music. So it's really been quite eye-opening for me. Mm. So is this the first band that you're managing? It is, indeed. I think I applied to manage the Stones, but they turned me down. So ASD is the one. Mm -hmm. So actually, you guys were going to have a concert last year on April 2nd, World Autism Awareness Day, and it's too bad that had to be canceled because of the pandemic. I can't wait to go to concerts again. Yeah, I first thought the pandemic was a joke at first, but it wasn't. I thought it was going to be, you know, similar to how quickly they finished with H1N1 and the other things, but I was wrong. And it's really frustrating me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely no joke. Yeah, it is really sad. I had to cancel the whole tour. Mm. Because actually, right before COVID, my band Lime Ricky, we did a CD release and we had played like a sold out show. And then we were planning to go on tour. And then we had to cancel the whole tour because of COVID. So now we're just kind of waiting it out so we can start playing shows again. Yeah. But you guys were able to record a few songs despite not being able to play live. So, Andrew, could you talk about that process? Yeah, absolutely. So, coming off of the wonderful job that they did with the Roger Hodson concert, and when we said, okay, let's form a band, actually, I was trying to figure out what the, you know, the band should be called. And we called it ASD for Autism Spectrum Disorder, which everybody probably listening knows what that is, but for other people, they don't. So it was to create a little awareness. And we actually started by creating the logo for the band because every band, every great band needs a great logo. And so I actually did a little research online. And I found a graphic designer in the UK who is on the spectrum. So I reached out and said, would you be interested in working with us on this? And he's like, yeah, definitely. And it was a great collaboration. We went back and forth, you know, having all these conversations about it should be this and what's the inspiration. And and we ended up with something really wonderful. And then actually the most amazing part of that is at the end, when I said to him, could you create a little video just of you working on, because I'd love to showcase you on the Jake's House site and other places. And um, Adam, his name, Adam Markworth. Adam sent me a note back and he said, well, actually, I, I can't really do that because I'm nonverbal. Wow. Which was really surprising to me and very eye-opening because here I am having these great conversations back and forth on a daily basis, you know, over a period of time. And I didn't even think that he was, a, was nonverbal. 
that's just a great reminder to not um, rely on these stereotypes. That's right. Of people with autism not being intelligent because they can't verbally speak or not being able to read or write. That's right. Exactly. Honestly, if anything, I think it's the opposite. Yeah. Because they have trouble like communicating, but I think logically they think a lot more smarter than a lot of people. Yeah, mm. absolutely. So when we decided, okay, we now have the band logo, we have the band in terms of selecting, you know, we said, we, I want to do some covers because you know, we could have done original, but it was like, you know what, let's let's pay tribute to those who kind of came before us and let's do our own interpretation of some kind of famous pop songs. And as we look through that, we also want to do it the right way. So not to get too technical, but because it's a band, you know, covering other people's music, we could have just done it as a mechanical license, which would have truthfully made things a lot easier. But because ultimately this is benefiting Jake's house, we wanted to be very upfront about that. So we actually, you know, we contacted publishing houses to say we would like a commercial synchronization license, which is, you know, way more challenging because we don't have a lot of money at all. And we are very fortunate with the ones that we reached out to that they agreed. So the first one, we knew we already had I Got You Babe because the charity had actually considered that song before. So we made sure and we made that happen. And then I just thought from a thematic standpoint that Ain't No Mountain High Enough, which is a song that, you know, Ashford and Simpson wrote in 1967, was just so thematically spot on because it's all about overcoming obstacles. And then we rounded out when I said, actually, we were, we had a quick rehearsal right before COVID started. And um, I was asking Rowan, actually, what kind of music that she liked and some of her favorite artists. And one of the songs that was on that list was Stitches. So we tried to get Stitches and we were very happy that we were successful in getting that one. So those were our three first songs. Cool. What do those songs mean to you, Rowan, when you're singing them? Well, I would say that the those songs, uh, you know, have, have really good messages and they should not stop us or limit us from uh, achieving our goals. Mm-hmm. So. What are some plans for the band's future? It's a great question. Well, you know, through the challenges of COVID and, you know, honestly, we would have been together a lot more rehearsing and practicing. And so even when we recorded the songs, that was all three songs were done in one day. And that is crazy. I would not <laughs> recommend that for anybody, but it was just forced to because of we you know, wanted to be respectful, of course, to everybody's health. And it was when we weren't in lockdown so we could do it. But knowing that, you know, all the challenges of, of getting everyone back together again, we decided to do it all in one day, one very ambitious day. So knowing that we also filmed it, we did music videos. So we, we have the three songs that are now on Spotify and all the other streaming services. The next step will be once we can get back together again to have some new music that we can all play together. And, and I do want to make an important point, which is, you know, we always talk about it takes a village to do anything. And there's been so many amazing people that have helped make this a reality. So that from, there's a guy named Scott Marshall, who teaches at the Royal Conservatory of Canada. It's a music teacher. And he actually helped, he came in, and when we did a rehearsal, he worked with each person and he created a very simple chart for the music that we did our own arrangement. And so that was incredibly helpful. The people at Pirate Music 
Chris Tate, Ari Posner, who helped to originally do the arrangement and to fill in all the things we didn't know. And then we recorded at Metalworks Studio, which is an amazing place in Mississauga. And so all these reasons are the reasons that we've gotten to where we are. And, you know, who knows with the pandemic where we go to next. So we're just preparing, going, okay, what are our next songs? So when we do get back into the studio, when we do, when we can rehearse again, we have exciting things to kind of see on the horizon. Mm-hmm. So Spencer, you said that you like going on tour. Oh, yeah. What would be your next dream location to play with ASD Band? Honestly, I've always wanted to play in Japan. Just, I really want to go to Japan. And like, they have one of the best music scenes in the world. I I spend a lot of time looking up Japanese bands. So like, if I could go anywhere, it would be Japan. Very cool. I used to live there for a couple of years. Really? That's amazing. I'm jealous. I want to go there so bad. And the I went to a couple of concerts and it was a really different experience. It's like the people were so focused on the band and like fully attentive and not having side conversations. It seems like, yeah, people get more into it. I just, it just seems like it'd be more, more fun at shows than Japan. Rowan, how about you? Where would you like to play? Actually, I'd like to uh, Madison Square Garden in New York. Well, that'd be cool. Either that or Broadway, like those were like my dreams. Cool, yeah. Do you like acting too? Well, yeah. I've had both a knack and proclivity for, you know, uh, for copying literally anything. And sometimes it was uh, my parents, they just tell me not to do that because uh, like not all the time and stuff. But I don't want to like all, all the time. and because uh, I've uh, been made fun of for that, and I didn't know about it at first. Mm. How do you think your autism affects your musical strengths? Well, I would say that it affects my musical strengths because I'm a perfectionist, and I tend to know by detail, which is more than anyone else has bargained for, like, you know, at that point. Mm Mm-hmm. You mean when it comes to singing on with the right key or memorizing lyrics? Yeah, that's pretty much it. And also like knowing like, you know, what mistakes I need to correct and stuff. The key to the songs is that you, know, you have to warm up first or you'll strain your vocal cord. And that's like also uh, that's you have to do, which is like a mandatory thing. That is a good tip to do. Mm, so important. You don't want to hurt yourself. It definitely helps for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like same with drumming. You always want to stretch before playing a show or you might, you know, get a Charlie horse or a strain during shows, which has happened before. I've had to like really? a couple of times I've had really bad Charlie horse in the middle of it. And then I guess I had to like switch my leg and just like somehow make it through. It's been kind of it's been kind of funny when it happens. Oh, wow. So how does your autism affect your playing the drums? I've always kind of felt rhythm in everyday life. So like when I started playing drums, it just kind of, it came a little more naturally. And like now since I've been playing drums, like I'm pretty much always kind of thinking everything in a rhythm. I'm always tapping. It's like, there's never a time that like, I'm not kind of doing something in some sort of a rhythm. And it also helps, like I have a really good ear for music too. So it helps like when I'm like 
writing new songs with my band or something and I give them ideas of what I like and don't like and also being able to like play stuff by ear too helps a lot. Mm -hmm. What was it like for you guys growing up with autism? I'll say it. It it wasn't really, it was really hard because uh, in the past, uh, in middle school, people would often pressure me to sing on demands either, which is basically a form of bullying or blackmail, like such as if you don't do it, I'm not your friend anymore. And it was really hard to trust people. And I was uh, just upset about the fact that they would use my music abilities against me like that, like as, as a form of leverage, but I've overcome it and I don't want it affecting how I do things now. Cause I love my, I love singing. And at the end of the day, it's just really like my outlet of uh, releasing stress. Do you sing every day? Yeah. It's every opportunity I could like, you know, I'm attending a virtual singing competition now, uh, like, and I plan on winning it. Wow. And I'm still practicing, I've been practicing this song, I'll Never Love Again by Lady Gaga for the audio that I will send to Flare XL and then the due date's on the 28th. So I, I've been practicing the song for now uh, two weeks now. So it's great that you use music as an outlet. Yeah. So Spencer, what was it like for you growing up with autism? Yeah, growing up, any time I maybe had like one or two close friends, but like that was pretty much it. And like a lot of times my friends have kind of used me because a lot of times I've had friends come over and then I ended up having a lot of stuff stolen throughout my life. So a lot of people have pretended to be my best friend and then shit keeps going missing. And like, oh no, it's happened more than once people kind of keep taking advantage of me like that but yeah do you have any friends now I have a lot of friends now yeah as I've been growing up it's gotten a lot easier I mean I guess when you grow up people start being nicer and like more accepting so it's been a lot easier to make friends as I've been getting older at one point I guess when I was like maybe around high school I don't know it just kind of clicked with me and I just stopped caring and then things just don't really bother me the same way it used to which kind of helped a lot too, kind of getting to that mindset. Mm-hmm. And I'm a little careful. I, I mean, I have to be a little careful who, who I'm around because sometimes people do still can be a little mean, but for the most part, it's okay. Mm. So when you guys are not not playing music, what else do you like to do for fun? Well, I like uh, baking, cooking, swimming, and also gaming but I'm not like a full-on YouTuber. (laughs) Nice. Spencer, how about you? Yeah, for me, I pretty much spend most of my free time when I'm not playing music, playing video games. I do sometimes, I have a YouTube channel, Player Punk 6, that I do stream on sometimes too. And I like making videos. I've had the channel maybe about four years and I started making vlogs. So just random things I'm doing, going to like different arcades, different cool cafes or like, when I was went to Paris with my family a few years ago, I like vlogged the whole trip. So like, there's a lot of different vlogs. There's some vlogs of my band on tour too, as well. And then I've been trying to get back into streaming more too on my channel. And that's basically what I've been doing. That and uh, 
I bought an e-bike recently, so I've been doing Uber Eats on my e-bike, and that's pretty much all I've been up to lately. It's good exercise. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, <laughs> you don't get as much exercise on an e-bike compared to a regular bike, but like, it makes it a lot easier going up and down hills. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of hills in the city. I've never had an e-bike, but I have bikes before. Yeah, I love biking. Biking's really fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like biking too. So what do you guys think are some stereotypes related to autism that you just wish the world would not hold on to? I guess one of the biggest ones is a lot of people with autism... I mean, some of them are do have issues being social, but a lot of them are really good being social and are like really friendly and do make really good friends and you should get to know people. And I think a lot of the issues with people having trouble being social is because people are kind of like scared to approach them. And if you do approach them, they'll be more friendly and, you know, talkative and it's good to get to know people like that. When you meet new people, do you disclose your autism? right away or does it take some time I usually don't bring it up I don't even know how sometimes people get to know that I have autism but I usually don't bring it up at the in the first conversation I don't really feel like it's necessary to bring it up got it Rowan how about you you want to go back to that first question about the stereotypes sure I wish that people would know that we're all uh, different uh, but not less and with any other abilities that we have. And I don't want uh, people to think that we're useless and therefore like cannot function in society just because of lack of social skills. But I really do want to be more extroverted. And at this point, I'm basically a mix of both intro and extroverted at the same time. Like I do want to hang with people but I need some alone time too in the process of that. What do you struggle with when it comes to social interactions? Well, what I struggle with is uh, reading people's motives and also uh, to know when and if I was being manipulated. Or like say, like someone claiming to be my friend, which ends up using me for their own selfish reasons. I really want to be more aware of things uh, like that. Mm -hmm. Can you give an example of a time that that happened to you recently? Well, like I said, it was basically like the singing on demand one. But fortunately, in, when I reached high school, I stopped with the with that and refused to do it. And... What happened is like I felt felt like, you know, better to just say no and learn to be affirmative and stand up for myself. Yeah, that's so important to set some boundaries. And if I could add, this is actually part of the reason for the band, because not speaking for everyone, you know, out in the world, but the stereotype definitely exists that it's like because of communication challenges or issues that people think like actually those on the spectrum prefer to be alone or isolated or keep to themselves when obviously the opposite is true. And so part of our impetus for bringing individuals together was to show the power of a group. And, you know, not only, I mean, it's always wonderful for 
me to see like the interactions between the different band members, but also to show the world that's like, here's what these individuals together can accomplish. You know, it's interesting how we often focus on the limitations when it's actually the opposite. It's the abilities that we should be focusing on. And so I think the band, very much from the first part of being in a giant concert, you know, with somebody who's a rock legend would be intimidating for everybody. And everybody, I mean, Rowan, Spencer, the entire group did an amazing job. And that was confidence and a reminder of like, this is what they can do, not what they can't do. So that's the spirit that we keep going through. It's like, even the people go like, you're not going to do this. You're not going to do that. You're not going to. And we were, you know, before the pandemic hit, we were going to play a club and it'd been like a live show. And we had all kinds of things that unfortunately got canceled, but there was never a question in my mind that we couldn't do it because of what I've seen. And I think it's something that everybody should remember to say, like, don't, don't focus on the negative. Think about the positive and look for opportunities to bring some of the greatness out in all of us. That's a great reminder. I would like to say that without ASD band, I wouldn't really have much of music opportunities and I'm really grateful for them. And also I'm happy that I got to meet other people like Ron Adia, Spencer Murray, Robbie and Jackson. And including everyone in Jake's house. They've been humble, fun to be with, and, and have really helped me with things. Before like I was even told about this, I didn't even know Jake's house was a thing. So like I'm happy that we're able to kind of put Jake's house more on the map, get people more aware that these kind of support actually is there for people that need it, need help socializing. And it's also a good way to show that there is you know, if you have autism, there's usually like one thing that you're really into. And if you kind of focus on that one thing and you can kind of be successful in that one thing, like for me, it's music. Other people might have art. I know a lot of people I've heard some people are into trains or whatever. So like you can kind of just focus on that and be successful in what you want to be doing. But like it just, you know, stick with it, take practice and don't let people tell you that you can't do it because you can especially with autism, because it does, you do have like that one thing. So you can be better at it than most people. If I could share a story, which I, Spencer just made me think of it while we were recording on the day, we were back in kind of the room, we we're just talking and Ron said to me, when's, when's your birthday? Oh, I love, he's really cool. I love this. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. he's like, tell me, tell me when you were born and I'll tell you the day of the week. And so I basically went, here's the day, here's the year. And he was like, you're born on, on a Sunday with no hesitation. I think there were five of us that he nailed every, every one. Oh yeah, he did. That's incredible. And I'm like, it's just a great example of just like the abilities that people have. Yeah. Yeah. That was incredible. When you said that he could do that and he did it, I was like, my mind was blown. <laughs> yeah. And I have a photographic memory. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's impressive too. I can solve a Rubik's Cube. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ravon, could you give us an example of how you have a photographic memory? Okay. I can remember, like, you know, the date, the time, and what day it happened. Like, I'll say this is a, as a funny story. I remember I was looking for food I wanted that I kept in the fridge and I wanted to have later. But then, like, my dad, he's known to, you know, take. And then I'm like, 
did you take this again? And then he said, yeah. And then I said, I remember. Uh, and then like he said, come on, I lived with a uh, four uh, with brothers and one sister. And what happened is like I said, but I remember you did uh, this with pizza, pizza, Cinnabon and other things. On, and I said on specific dates. <laughs> Busted. <laughs> yeah. Nothing gets by you. Yeah. And then I said, I, you have a track record. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just going to add something, which I think is another really important point. So Spencer, Rowan, the rest of the band members are all blessed with a very supportive family. And I think it makes such a difference when, you know, in talking to parents and sisters and you get the sense of like, yeah, they're, they are amazing. You know, each individual, you could, you could feel the positivity and the love and that makes all the difference in the world. So we all know how challenging it could be based on, you know, the fact the spectrum is very wide and we know that the challenges that exist, but kind of looking for those silver linings and looking for how you can bring out the best in someone is just so important. And, you know, these individuals here today, very talented individuals and wonderful individuals are testament to the fact that with love comes love. Mm. So that's just my word to everyone is just like always keep the faith and look for things that you can do to make somebody happy. Yeah. So actually, when you were telling the story about, was it Ron who could name the days of the birth dates? Yeah, that's right. That's Are there any other kinds of stories like that that you guys could share, maybe from rehearsal or from recording day? Ooh, okay. I'll tell you. Like, I think Robbie and Dave, like, they were taken aback when I actually did an almost accurate Bart Simpson impression. <laughs> oh, really? Let's hear it now, please. You have to do it now. Okay. And I can do Nelson. Okay. Hi, I'm Bart Simpson. Who the hell are you? Ha <laughs> ha! Wow. <laughs> wow. That is impressive. Oh, thanks. <laughs> that is really good. It actually always surprises me that Bart Simpson is actually voiced by a girl, too. Yeah, Nancy Cartwright. I just remembered that, yeah. Like, she did a lot of other characters, like one of the three bullies, Kearney, Nelson, and all other ones. So what advice would you give to other people on the spectrum who are interested in playing in a band? If you have musical talent or you enjoy playing music at all, or even if you just want to start playing, like I do recommend just picking up a guitar or whatever and learning music. Even just singing is fun to do. But if you have any musical talent, keep playing, keep practicing, and then start looking around to see maybe some of your other friends might have musical talent maybe they want to maybe they know some guitar or something want to be in a band or practice but it is good to find other people to play with and then see if you vibe and maybe you guys could write some music great Ruan yeah what I would like to say is also to keep at it with your talents because uh, talents will you know become great you know as you practice with them and instinct is something that you need to take advantage of and bloom so that you would know what to do next and to others making bands on the spectrum i would say not only what i said but also that they should find other band members that they click with and also you should have great connections like say like a supporting family and friends that will be with you 
right until the end because at the end of the day you'll be successful as long as you have loyalty with others and you get along with the band yeah and i think playing with other people definitely helps a lot too because like everybody has a different perspective of music different style different vibes and you you really learn a lot from just playing with other people yeah andrew last words yeah i would say that you don't have to be proficient if you enjoy playing instrument, if you enjoy tapping your foot, if you enjoy singing, if you enjoy clapping, you can enjoy music and you could do it you know, by yourself. You could do it with other people. And the thing is, for those family members who are thinking about supporting, you know, there are a lot of great teachers out there. But also the important thing is to bring music into your life because it's a very powerful thing. It's a, it's a very powerful, mysterious thing that we have in the world. And it just puts a smile on people's faces. And just like we allow people from different countries to participate in our video for I Got You Babe, and they just sang or clapped or did play drums or whatever. And it was amazing to see people from 11 different countries participating. And they just sent in a video. And we used it because it doesn't, again, it doesn't matter how good you are, it just matters that you're doing it and that you enjoy it. Yeah. And we'll put a link to your videos in our show notes, because it is really cool to see all of the people around the world participating in that. Kind of like music brings people together. How can people learn more about you? So if you're interested in the ASD band, you can certainly go to the Jake's House website, uh, jakeshouse.ca, to see more about the band. You can also go to our different channels on your streaming platform of choice, so Spotify, etc. And we will be creating more ways for people to connect with the band. It's actually been amazing that a lot of people have reached out because they heard us, whether they heard the interview that happened on NPR in the States. And so just you could always contact Jake's house. That's the best place to get in touch with the band. And we appreciate your support. Also, if, I don't know if you want to check out my personal projects, too. I have my band is Lime Ricky. You can find us on Spotify and YouTube. And I have a personal YouTube channel. If you want to check out my vlogs or gaming stuff, it's Player Punk 6. My YouTube channel is Singer 77 Yes. Thank you guys so much for sharing your story with us. Thank you so much. You guys are great. Yeah, thanks for having us. It's uh, been a good podcast. It has been a great podcast. Thanks for tuning in to Autism Knows No Borders. Much of the conversation around autism solely focuses on deficits, impairments, and challenges. While it's important to bring awareness to the needs and struggles that families do have, we need to also shift the dialogue to include strengths, accomplishments, and positive moments. The ASD band is a prime example of how we can advance towards understanding and acceptance. By highlighting what the members of the band can do, they're breaking through limitations that are often set for people with different abilities. What are some strengths related to your child's, your student's, or your own autism? Let us know in our Facebook group, Autism Knows No Borders, our Instagram, at Autism Podcast, or our YouTube channel, Global Autism Project. Thanks for listening. Take care. Tune in each week for engaging conversations of how people across the globe are inspiring change and building community. You've been listening to Autism Knows No Borders, brought to you by the Global Autism Project. 
You can find Rachel's notes for this episode and learn more about today's guests at AutismKnowsNoBorders.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. By doing so, you'll be helping us increase awareness and acceptance of autism around the world.